Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Smackdown Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Smackdown, but also Monday Night Raw, NXT, Dupa, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Sidgwick to look ahead to SmackDown tonight, the penultimate SmackDown before WrestleMania Backlash. Although this is a weird one, isn't it? Because I'm right in thinking this one's already in the can. I think so, but the level of... uh, Two you follow. Uh, The level of buzz about... Certain pop culture property is all dependent on who you follow on your respective <laughs> social media feeds and channels, etc. I was—I don't really follow anyone who's particularly WWE positive. Is that necessarily an indication that nobody is? I'm not going to follow the troll accounts, obviously, because you know why would you want to follow people with just pathetic agendas? Yeah, <laughs> I would like to follow. You know what? Here's a little thing. Maybe you can brighten my day. Maybe you can enhance my enjoyment of WWE because it's kind of evaporated and has done for quite some time. <laughs> I would like, underneath the Twitter link to this podcast, mm-hmm. which will be at WhatCultureWWR, at WWR, under WhatCultureWWE, we will send out the link to this podcast. Underneath, please send me the names or the account names of... Twitter follows who are decent with WWE analysis. Now, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. right, that no one has anything insightful to say about a program that um, doesn't really do anything insightful, but I'm happy, and I'm genuinely happy to be um, surprised by that. I know Miff Gifts yeah. um, is quite insightful. Yeah, I like that. And will um, put over the various body language. I think they're a huge... Uh, Kevin Owens and seven, Sammy Zayn yeah, yeah, yeah. fan, and they are always great at the little details and stuff like that. So I know that Myth Gifts is very good. S- anything more along those lines that can help sort of enhance my enjoyment of WWE? Mm. Because I personally don't see much in it. Where mm. am I going with this? 
Just in terms of the fact that I think normally when we do this for, say, Rampage, there will be people saying, oh, my God, I was there in attendance and you have to watch this oh, show. because it was taped, yes. Because they were doing, obviously, oh, no the UK bit the spoilers. No one yeah. talked about the spoilers. Um, but there's some big things happening on tonight's show. Steel cage match, uh, title matches, in fact. And let's start with the Beat the Clock I Quit Challenge. It is going to be Ronda okay. Rousey uh, versus Charlotte Flair in an I Quit match at WrestleMania Backlash. And so tonight they're doing a Beat the Clock Challenge. Why? Like they've already decided the step. I yeah. can understand that if they're going to do a beat the clock challenge, you can beat some goober in less time than the other. They'll want to pick the stipulation that will play to their strengths mm-hmm. and their opponent's weaknesses. So I understand that, but it, it's my understanding, Wilborn, that the, the, the stipulation has already been established. Yes. I think this is for uh, the all-important Mo. Momentum. <laughs> hey, you met my friend Ken. A toast egg. <laughs> that was the thing they actually said. Um, but yeah, who do you think is gonna is gonna gain the advantage? Who's gonna? Do you want me to read the copy? Actually, I found that I found the copy for this because I thought it was hilarious. Yes, so, please, uh, I was looking this up because we yep. were discussing this beforehand. Uh, the two superstars have multiple submission holes that they have repeatedly used to tap out opponents, and now they will put them to the test to see which one is more unbearable. I'm going to guess it's Charlotte Flair. Ah! Uh, set the tone for their heat showdown in less that than is three weeks. Subtweet that is. Yeah. So yeah, who's the more unbearable, Ronda Rousey or Charlotte Flair? Oh, I don't know because on one hand, right, this is a very good question. Let's answer that instead of you know the the boring thing that's going to happen on the TV program. Who's more unbearable? In character, mm-hmm. Ronda Rousey, who's not a great promo, has kind of a perverse entertainment quality to her promos because, like, she she swallowed a theosaurus. <laughs> and that's rich coming from me, but, you know, it's still true. Well, at least they're your words. Yes. Yeah. Charles Flair's cadence is uh, a legitimate physical pain to my balls. It's, it's like... It's so bad, it cuts across when I'm watching on double speed, if that makes any sense. So you know the whole, I don't need you anymore. (laughs) I don't need you anymore, you goddamn schmuck. (laughs) You'd think that on double speed, you're like, ah, well, that was over in two seconds. It's still, time slows down for me when she's cutting those, they just, the only thing... And this is awful that I'm going to admit this, and I do not want to encourage you to do it anymore. The only thing that I slightly enjoy is, uh oh, but also, you don't want to, uh, listeners, would you like to know why I know that Adam Wilborn enjoys, uh oh, it's because this dickhead in the office says it at least 50 <laughs> times a day, and he'll do like bits around it, like, oh, sorry, lads, podcast didn't record, uh. Oh, <laughs> and I had recorded. It had recorded. He just likes to. Uh, I don't know why I like to be like this. But yeah, I, I love you in spite of it. Thank you very much. Yeah, the uh, the the thing is, like you say, when it, when it comes to being unbearable, the Ronda Rousey character is one thing. Uh, views outside of the ring suddenly maybe swing the momentum back. It ironically, that's what I was going to get yeah. at. Yeah, because well, I know what the truth is, and she doesn't. Let's just <laughs> yes. put it that way. <laughs> so who do you think we've no idea who they're going to face because some goobers probably who I don't know were, were mildly successful at the end of last year no doubt um, are going to be fed to them in a, a, a speedy shot I, like, I, I quite like this genuinely in terms of uh, a, a 
a way to set up the match. Just them just torturing some fools and making them scream I quit. I like it far more than when they do it to Drew Gulak, who deserves so much better, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, who do you think is going to be the one to, to get the first, the, the, the early submission? Well, Wilborn, we all know, because we are reminded by um, certain former prominent WWE creative writers that all us dickhead fans don't give them enough credit. We're biased. We just don't understand this process. And we are told by former certain prominent WWE creative writers to just let it play out. And oh, when the wrestlers have a successful match in the ring, it's all to do with the writing staff and the incredible stories <laughs> they told to engage the audience with WWE's content. <laughs> now, um, on the back of that, WWE does tell long-term stories. We're just too stupid to grasp them. Mm -hmm. It's got nothing to do with the fact that you could go to your local indie and find a great match because you can tell stories without words if you want. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that doesn't matter. It's all about the writing, of course. <laughs> and because WWE tells long-term storylines, I already know because I've grasped the, the minutiae, the various Easter eggs, the teasers, the hints, that sort of... Um, allow us to engage with the content. And I'm going to cast my mind back to last year. If you recall, Wilborn, I think, I mean, I'm not going to accuse WWE of doing the same things all the time, but I'm fairly certain that they did something similar last year between Charlotte Flair herself and Rhea Ripley mm -hmm. in a Beat the Clock challenge. And can you remember that midway through the match, Charlotte Flair forgot what the purpose of a Beat the Clock challenge was? Oh, God, I forgot. Oh, no. Can you remember that? <laughs> yeah. And she got annoyed when that time ran out. It's like, oh, no, it's all, it's all there, it's all there on the big screen. It's all there. So, Ronda, because Charlotte Flair doesn't understand yeah. LTST. She does not understand the, the purpose of a Beat the Clock challenge, nor can she tell the time, seemingly. <laughs> so, Ronda Rousey is going to win. Yes. And we're two weeks out from the pay-per-view, which means Ronda Rousey wins this week. Charlotte Flair stands tall next week. And then, fingers crossed, Ronda Rousey wins the SmackDown Women's Championship next Sunday. Um... Sami Zayn, Drew McIntyre for having a bit of a saga. Started off with Sami Zayn uh, uh, deciding to challenge whoever walked through the door next. It was Drew. He just ran away from him. The next week, he ran away from him again. And then last week, he ran away from him a third time in the midst of a lumberjack match because the Usos got involved and there was a big brawl. All the lumberjacks got involved with each other. And so to sort it all out, Postman Pierce have put the, has put them inside of a steel cage with escape rules. With escape rules, yes, which is one of your big bugbears when it comes to these sorts of matches. Yes, it is. And it is somehow even worse in this context. The storyline is very simple. It's tried and true pro wrestling stuff, even if it's been sort of put forward by a sports entertainment company. Heels are cowards. They like to take shortcuts. They are scared by the physically dominant and athletically superior fair baby faces. Mm -hmm. So the baby faces want a fair fight. They are better capable of winning a fair fight because they're more athletically imposing and the big guys and the little snivelly chicken heel tries to get a way out. So this is WWF booking. Right? <laughs> this is early WWF booking. This is what Vince does. So you do some matches, the heel takes a shortcut, DQ, count out, whatever, and then the, the baby face prevails in the end. This is all good, nominally. I just love everything about WWE is so broken that it almost cannot be fixed in any sort of way. So you do this. Right, big cage match, right? That's good because the heel can't escape. That's the whole point. The heels ran out of road. Yes. Cheated too often. And then the commission, 
State Athletic Commission or the Board of Directors <laughs> or the authority figure has decided, right, now's the time. Sick of this. You're depriving the WWE universe of a decisive finish and some great, fair, athletic competition, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to put a steel cage around the ring and there is no escape. One me- method of winning is by escape. <laughs> Including through a door. Yes. Not climbing out the top, not risking you know, life and limb by climbing 10 feet in the air and potentially spilling down to either the mat or the outside and breaking bones and stuff like that. You can just say, can you open that door for me, please? And then get out. The WWE steel cage match used to work when San Martino was at his peak because he used to beat the heel up, give him his retribution, and then he decided, you know what? He's had enough. He's beaten. Don't need to do anymore. I'm going to walk away and be the better man. Mm-hmm. And the formula used to work once upon a time, but it just doesn't work anymore. And I just love how they just think, yeah, Sami Zayn's going to escape and they're going to do a match at the pay. Yes, I would. I was astonished when because we sort of all saw where this was heading. Lumberjack match, still, and then the Usos. Two matches where ostensibly they are feud enders because there's no real escape. They've done it twice, and it's not the end of the feud. <laughs> I think Sami Zayn will have learnt from Jackass and have built a trap door under the ring that he can then crawl out from underneath and he's escaped the cage. Maybe. Having said that. Maybe my cynicism is misplaced. Or, another way of putting it, maybe I'm being cynical about the wrong thing. Because they shot an angle with Shinsuke Nakamura two or three weeks ago now, which seemed to suggest that he was going to be Roman's opponent. In the seven days that followed, they realized, hmm, I like him more as a lumberjack than a main event headliner. So let's just rubbish that idea. Pretend it never happened. So maybe this is going to have a climactic ending. And Drew gets the shot of WrestleMania backlash. Yeah. It's happening at some point, and maybe they've just decided to fast forward because they've realized that the guy we, we don't consider the guy we originally mooted for the role a star, so we'll just um, do a rubbish finish at the pay-per-view and do an extra three instead of two pay-per-view matches. How do people like this company? Again, send me decent Twitter follows. There'll be a penalty of a block or a, <laughs> or a mute if you send me bad ones. There you go. Yeah, I... I, I'm astonished by this. It's it, it's amazing that I thought it was really obvious. I thought Shinsuke was a fine opponent. No one's going to buy whoever Roman faces immediately after WrestleMania that they're going to defeat him for the title. So why not just have the Shinsuke match and, as I've said, have a moment where you see the old Shinsuke come out and Roman sort of go, oh, bollocks, I should have prepared more for this. Or have a mad fatal five-way and have Roman be there. Magic be, number. Exactly. Have him there putting his feet up, saying, I'm going to do what Brock used to do. I'm going to take this pay-per-view off. Or I'll be there. I'll show up. I'll do my big entrance. So you'll see me and you'll get uh, acknowledge me. But I'm just going to sit at ringside and watch five dudes beat the crap out of each other for the right to face me at, what is it, Hell in a Cell, I think, next yeah. or whatever. And they've just gone for neither. And then, uh, presumably, yeah, they have to have Drew... Uh, I think either either of those two things are possible. Sami Zayn escapes through shenanigans and has to face Drew in another sort of stipped-up match at the Pape. Uh, I don't know, a, a false count anywhere match because you can't run away from that. Uh, or, you can in WCW. Well, yeah. Or, a, yeah, a big win for Drew, and he says, speaking of people ducking me, Roman, but then that's, like you say, I've, in my head, I've got penciled, Drew penciled in for at least one of the big stadium shows this summer for the title. Yeah, absolutely. What they should have done, realistically, is realise, right, okay, it's too soon for Drew and my rubbish are building stars. 
let's put Drew in a five wigs, that's a magic number, alongside Shinsuke and two others that you can just pretend they've cared about for the last however many weeks. Limit the interactions in the match itself between Drew and Roman. Like the second that it feels like the showdown is going to happen, someone recovers and just starts unloading on Drew. And then just basically rip off the the, uh, the day one finish. Mm. But it feels like someone's really got the win. That's when Roman recovers and just deprives Drew of his moment. You create the sense that they haven't got there yet and you have to get behind Drew in storylines on mm. television to then do the, the the single showdown. But why apply logic <laughs> and patience, slow burn booking to a company that's just got no interest in it and will ignore what they've done two weeks ago because they think you're stupid enough to forget. And honestly, judging on social media, a lot of fans are. <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash whatculture. Uh, we also have a contract signing for WrestleMania Backlash tonight. When have they gone wrong? Uh, it is for the uh, tag team title unification, the Usos versus RK-Bro. I'm not really sure if I've had a chance to, to ask you about them unifying the tag titles. It feels long overdue, this, in my opinion. It does, but according to the Wrestling Observer newsletter, it's just a temporary thing to um, build interest in programming, and then they're going to retcon it down the line um, because he wrote in last week's Observer, and you know everything changes, but he did write in last week's um, Observer that there are no formal plans to unify the brands and um, make the titles um, theoretically more prestigious by combining them, the lineages, and not having the dilution of, oh, there's two great tag teams who are considered champions, 
they don't really feel like they are because you know there's two sets of belts and it's all a bit daft. So it just feels like something they're going to do, and then retcon. And I ask again, any Twitter follows that <laughs> illuminate what good WWE does that I'm at this point maybe too cynical by default to see. Let me know because. It does get tiresome, this content. We try and have a laugh with it. We try and play stupid games. More on that later, mm-hmm. incidentally. Because I'd like to know if it's good and if I'm being too harsh as a default position. Yeah, it's it's one of those. I have no doubt that RK Bro vs. The Usos is probably going to be an absolute banger at the, the premium live event, as they are calling it. And I think, uh, uh, you know, as much as I am inclined to agree with Dave that they are going to, you know, just completely wreck on everything. I think it's something that should stick. Maybe not necessarily with the world titles. I'm not sure necessarily how I feel about that in terms of I get it, but also I know how WWE works. And five hours of programming a week for, for a few people to chase after this one champion is one thing. But the tag, like they don't care about it. They've barely got enough tag teams as there is. And especially like with the women's ones, you're so half-arsed with that, you may as well unify the NXT and, and main roster tag titles. I genuinely like the idea of unifying the titles. I like the idea of having one world undisputed champion who can completely scan as a star. I hate the idea of prestige being diluted and it not meaning anything. So otherwise, what is the goddamn point? And If you cast your mind back um, to 2015, um, when there was a unified title, it was the year before they introduced Universal, um, John Cena was positioned as the United States champion in 2015 in some respects was one of WWE's best years Absolutely. in the sort of cursed modern era. Um, if you look at Raw, which hasn't had a world champion of note since WrestleMania, that show has been better, dot, 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 than usual. Yes. So it does um, force WWE's back against the walls and say, right, okay, we don't have a title to build around, so we do have to sort of think a bit more carefully than we usually do about what can engage the audience on television. So absolutely one champion. It had to be on both brands, but yeah, by removing a second championship, you have to plug that gap somehow. Exactly. And they've, in spite of themselves, it's usually done with an actual bit of thought and attention. Mm. Shenanigans probably the contract signing tonight. That's all we really need to say, isn't it? Someone's going to flip a table. Fight's going to break out. Randy, uh, there's scope for comedy here. Like Riddle could sign the wrong thing. Or you could do it on um, sticky label paper. Or, you know, just off the yeah. top of my head, something like that. Yeah, have you got your papers? Oh, so yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. That's more realistic than my uh, joke. <laughs> um, we've got an Intercontinental Championship match tonight. Their heritage is being brought back of this title. Finally, they're putting some respect on it. I mean, they didn't put it on WrestleMania, but, you know, they put it on the SmackDown before WrestleMania. So there's that. Who's Ricochet having a match with? And I'll uh, tell you. Shanky. Shanky. Sige. Basically, I think it was last week, uh, Aaliyah was... <laughs> I, I love Aaliyah. I do feel sorry for her. She's sort of filling the, the sort of Street Profits role. Less less now. The Street Profits are more focused on titles, obviously. But remember initially they were brought up as just sort of... What's the word I'm looking for? Just explainers of, of what's going on, basically. Yeah. Uh, recappers. Yeah, exactly. She was like... Wow, I can't believe you beat Jinder Mahal on last week's SmackDown to defend your Intercontinental Championship, which you've also defended recently against Umberto and Angel and blah, blah, blah. That was literally it. And he was like, thanks. And then they wait for Jinder to come in. And Jinder came in and was like, oh, I want another piece, another shot of that tile. Why? You got being clean. Why? And you were crap, so. <laughs> and Ricochet was like, I'll fight anyone. So Shanky was like, out of the way, Jinder. I'll have this one then. And Jinder's pissed off with him. So probably Jinder's going to cost him this match. 
and they're going to break up Ginger and Shanky like anyone cares. I don't care about that. No. And but I therefore have nothing It to will say. be, to be honest, it's one of those where it could be quite enjoyable. Look, you and I know the talent that they have in Ricochet. They will never realise it properly. This is, and you've said this on multiple occasions, kind of his ceiling within WWE. He, I mean, look at the one time he was entrusted with a world title match. Yeah, it's funny. Where they were like, oh, yeah, maybe. And then it was like, yeah, but come on, Vince is in charge here. So out you go. Brock's going to murder you. We can't even have a single hope spot sort of thing. But massive guy versus high flyer. I mean, I don't really know what Shanky's like between the ropes, but I can take a wild guess. And uh, it's, it's all down to Ricochet just pulling this one out of the bag in terms of making this one. A, a feasible that you think he might lose and also just do something jaw-dropping, which is, of, compl- of course, completely in Ricochet's wheelhouse, if they let him. Yeah, if they let him. It's made it shanky. It's going to be crap. Yeah. But Ricochet to retain? Yeah, hopefully. Please, God. Um, right. Uh, we also have the question of whether Mad Cat Moss will get his trophy back this week. What? Uh, Mad Cat Moss was in action against... I forgot what happened. Um, one, so tell me, one of the one of the lethal lovers, the one he didn't we- beat the week before. He was in action. He beat the the other one. It was, it was either Umberto or Ankel. I can't remember. I can't be asked to check from last week. When down to the ring came Baron Corbin, who'd offered a sort of olive branch earlier on in the night, uh, to which Madcap Moss had said, "There's more likelihood of your hair growing back than us being friends again," which was a good little bit of patter. So happy Corbin's come in, hit him with the end of days, and decided, no, this is my trophy. I mean, it was once upon a time. Do you think this is the week that Mad Cat Moss gets his trophy back? Or, I mean, this is all just basically setting up a match with them at WrestleMania Backlash, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a, I feel a bit bad for Baron Corbin because, like, they just went, right, well, we'll... We'll give up you, you, this amazing record you've got with the end of days, which was which is something. I mean, it really was something. And they didn't put it over enough in terms of they said it in the mid middle of the match, but it wasn't like beforehand they were like, "Oh, if Drew gets hit with the end of days, then that's, that's kind it. of it." And they just sort of whittled it away, whittled it away, fastling. Um, and now, I mean, it's not like I mean, they, you can see it's so obvious they're going to go to WrestleMania Backlash. Madcap Moss has just turned face. You don't go, oh, no, I'll break it away from uh, from Happy Corbin, and then I'm going to lose on the pay-per-view. He's going to, like, it's so blatantly obvious sometimes. It is, yeah. Are we, reached the, are we nearing the 20-minute marks? So oh, we we're can... past that, yeah. Oh, let's play the game. Okay, let's play the game, because on tonight's show, we also have the in-ring debut of Raquel Rodriguez, uh, who's someone we've been, uh, just to fill people in, if they're unaware, if they don't listen to the uh, NXT Duper L or the old NXT Back podcast. Back and go. Uh, um, she was, she's a phenomenal talent. Yeah, she's great. Uh, at her best, I should point out, like, she's had wars with, like, uh, Mercedes Martinez that were, like, proper hoss fights. She knows exactly what she's doing. She's got a really cool power-based moveset. Um, completely adds a different dimension to um, WWE's main roster that we haven't really had We've got, like, Tamina and Nia Jax, but they don't count because <laughs> they're not very good. An actual good hoss, which has yeah. been sorely lacking in, in WWE's main roster. They've made us smile a lot already. Oh, yeah, it's part of the course. But what I'm arriving at on a rare note of positivity is that it's not as if, like, oh, scrappy underdog, I oh, will make them look like a geek. Like, she can smile, yes, but she's still going to, like, be a badass. Mm. 
she'll fight from underneath for a bit, but she'll still do some power moves and she should still get over and she'll get, more importantly, every opportunity to get over on the basis of her uh, physique and her She's stature. got a big back. She's got a big back. A very big back. She's great. Yeah, I really like her and I really hope they recognise that what they've got with her. She could quite easily... It's one of those things where, in my head, I'm sort of mentally tying up the, the SmackDown Women's Championship with Ronda and I don't know whether she holds that until next year's well, WrestleMania for Becky, yeah, for Becky or whether they do that on Raw or whatever, you know, draft and all that bollocks. But without question, she is pretty much a ready-made title holder. Oh, like, yeah. There's no need to wait around from her. You know, she's not necessarily the greatest on the mic, but hey, WWE, just a quick note, not everyone has to be. Some people can just be brooding badasses who just chuck people around in the ring. Wardlow's barely said a word. He's had one explanatory promo about his backstory, which he only needed to hear once to receive the idea. You know what? He's a humble, hardworking guy from uh, a poor background who just wants to fight to honor and sort of help financially support his family. And because he's really great at it, he explains it once and then virtually every single time he's appeared in the ring subsequent to that, he's a good talker as well, mm. but you don't. he's got qualities that are better positioned to get over using than his words, mm. and they are powerbombing security guards on aprons and looking like he's broken their backs, and his facial expressions and his general aura, and just doing smart things to outwit the heel. He's, he barely talks because he doesn't need to. Exactly. Uh, so, for the debut, because it's, she's probably going to be fed Shotzi. That might work. Might have, I'm not sure if they did stuff in NXT, but they're not doing out with her, are they? Let's be honest. And she's a generic heel. Not quite as generic. Who's it they turned heel the other week? Xia That was it. I love that. I don't really care about protecting baby faces because uh don't have enough heels, so I'm going to be a heel now. Yeah. Her entire we- gimmick, her, she's just decided, nah, like, literally her purpose for being. Just, nah. I hope it's not her that they feed to Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez, I, I mean. Imagine turning around, right? Watch, you watch AEW Dynamite. Oh, I'm really excited uh, this week. We've done the preview. And um, the card looks good. This is the worst time to do because next week's card looks trash. But generally, <laughs> like, I'm really looking forward to Dynamite this week. And you go, click. I'm watching TBR with my beer and some chips. And I'm looking forward to some goddamn wrestling. And then what happens is halfway through the show, MJF goes, oh, I'm nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a nice guy now. You know what? And he just like, just out of nowhere, just performs as a baby face. <laughs> like, All right, okay. Uh, what's, what's going on here? Mm. Am I losing it? <laughs> is this a fever dream? Yeah. Am I in, am I in, a, am I in a fugue state? <laughs> no, no, MJF's just nice now. Like, just imagine. Just imagine. They spent... Weeks like, on those goddamn vignettes. It was so frustrating. Like, uh, we'll be fair. There was a time when the bunny was like, hey, I'm having it off with QT Marshall. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, it's out of nowhere and absolutely weird. But WWE tends to do this way more often. Absolutely. So we're going to play the most dangerous game in sports entertainment. And that is, I've loaded up the WWE uh, alumni page. Yeah. and uh, Because we don't, we, it's probably just going to be generic or maybe just local competitor for Raquel Rodriguez. And so... In our fantasy land, tell me when to stop, pick a number between one and four, and this is the WWE legend that instead Raquel Rodriguez should squash. I am amazed that as of yet... Will today be the day? We have not inadvertently been very insensitive and picked 
by random, a dead wrestler. Mm-hmm. Stop. Okay. Good news. We're all good. How? There's a line of four here, and there are two. I mean, they're all they're all alive. Li- they're all alive. They're all two of them are matches that are more feasible than the others. I'll just say. actually. One of them is a feasible match. The others, not so much. But anyway, give us a number between one and four, and this is the person that Raquel Rodriguez will face on tonight's show and squash. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I mean, obviously it's not going to happen anyway, but it's definitely not going to happen, and you'll see why in a second. If you'd have said four, Michael Sidgwick, it would have been Raquel Rodriguez versus Nikki Bella. If you'd have said three. It'd have been Raquel Rodriguez versus Nia Jax. God. If you'd said two, it'd have been Raquel Rodriguez versus Neville. But you said one, which is why tonight, (laughs) defying all logic, the forbidden door has been opened, Michael Cedric, because tonight Raquel Rodriguez is going to squash Buddy Murphy. (laughs) Cool. Be a great match, that. Do you, do you want me to tell you the the above and below options as well that you nearly picked? If you'd have picked the level above, you'd have got a Mikey from the Spirit Squad. A Mikey, <laughs> my favourite. Those the opening things. Nikki, a Mikey. Oh, it's like if it's like lads. Whoever does the least enthusiastic saying of their name is immediately fired. Yeah. Uh, and if you'd have picked the level below, it'd have been no way, Jose, no way. That's a blast from the past, isn't it? Anyway, look, let us know your thoughts ahead of SmackDown tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. And just remind everyone of your challenge. The challenge is, outside of Myth Gifts, if there's someone who either exclusively or more often than not tweets about WWE to make my timeline feel a little bit less cynical and AEW leaning, but they have to be insightful. I don't want to see a single... I was about to say. ...single cry-laugh emoji. I don't want people who are overwhelmingly positive about everything for clout and fear. Oh, right, Satin. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, you got a nasty cough there. Um, I, don't want, I don't want to see a single cry-laugh emoji. I don't want to see... You know what pisses me off more than anything? Go on. He's ran very quickly. <laughs> Using adjectives... Ex- exclusively to describe something being good is not insight. Mm. It's of no interest to me whatsoever. It is clout-chasing, toxic positivity designed to form likes and form followers without saying a goddamn thing mm-hmm. that lets me sort of have a different outlook or enhances my enjoyment of something that I liked with an insight. This is something that I might have missed, a storyline, detail, an in-ring strategy, whatever. Oh, this is brilliant. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I want insight, I want reasonable takes, and you'll get blocked if you pick a bad one. No, I'm just kidding. I love my mega fans. Yeah. I'll never block a mega fan. Oh, absolutely not. At what culture WWE, if you want to take that on and let us know your thoughts ahead of SmackDown, you can also follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Myself and Hamlet. We'll be back later on to look ahead to AEW Rampage oh, and we've got We've got we've got wrestle culture with a hashtag a bloody good quiz coming your way uh, later on today as well. And just a heads up, 
um, that next week is going to be a bit all over the place. It's a three-day weekend here in the UK, bank holiday, May Day weekend. Uh, so everything's going to be a bit delayed, a bit all over the place, but we will get around to reviewing all the shows eventually. But for now, this has been the SmackDown Preview. My thanks to Michael Sidrick. My thanks to you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.